Welcome to episode 133 of Coffee Pods and Wads. As always, this episode is sponsored by Rain Body Feel, the ultimate fitness focused drink to support your performance, and also kindly sponsored by Ollie Tolling, who supports you in your every active endeavor for body and mind. And you can use the code CPW for savings on ollieclothing.com. Burrboxcoachdevelopment.com are also offering a discount if you use the code PODS. You get 20% off their certificate in coaching. um, So you basically learn about yourself uh, academically and about the psychological side of coaching how you coach and how you can improve your coaching um the podcast t-shirts are pretty much sold out there's a couple of smalls left um at a reduced price if you want to support the show you can go to coffeepodsmods.com for that uh today's episode is with dan bailey uh we chat about god's country coffee uh cutting his teeth with rich in tennessee uh competition injury his recent trip to ireland and taking on the masters field uh, enjoy listen share and tag listen thanks for doing this first of all um i really appreciate you taking the time out um usually when i start off i ask people like do you drink a lot of coffee but i suppose like you're in the process of launching your own coffee company so i can probably skip that um <laughs> where did god's country coffee come from was it like because uh, you were involved in good dudes like way back when it first started isn't that right yeah yeah and then uh kind of came up with a mutual split on that one which is fine um you know wish him all the best and then i still kind of had a uh, interest in the space. Um, you know, I started drinking more coffee, becoming more interested in kind of the ritual of it in the morning and all those different things and yeah. all the little things that go into it. And through just some connections here in Columbus, Ohio, which is where I live. Um, somebody said, well, if you're still that interested, you should go, you know, talk to this guy, which was Jeremy, who's a roaster. Um, he's actually lives up in Marysville, Ohio, which is just North of here. Yeah. And so I said, Hey man, like, I'm still kind of interested in doing this. Um, you know, I just, wanted to have this conversation just to see where it would go. Like, I, I know that this isn't an easy thing, you know, but I know you have a roaster and I know that you're a pretty good roaster from what I hear. Um, and kind of the, the, the brand behind it was going to be God's country coffee. And like, you know, the, the vision behind that is just representing, representing something that's really important to me. Uh, and that's partially my faith for sure. And then uh, God's country is just kind of anything that's outside of the city, right? You would consider God's country, um, which is a little bit of kind of where I live and where I like to be the most. I'm not. I thought it was going to be your faith and then like country music. (laughs) I mean, that can work too, you know, but we're not quite there yet on the music part. But uh, those two things were kind of, I mean, the the nice play on words worked really well with that since it's both things that are a big part of who I am. And then, you know, kind of sharing the vision of it with Jeremy in um, that, you know, coffee's about relationships, coffee's about sitting down and, and chatting and all those different things. And, and I wanted to incorporate all that into this new brand and wrap it around coffee since I was interested in it and just wanted to see if he wanted to be on board. And really he's the one who came up with like in our discussions talking about uh, coffee being about relationships, you know, because what, like I said, what are you doing when you're drinking coffee? Usually mm-hmm. you're, either prepping for your morning or you're just sitting around and chopping it up. So mm-hmm. uh, that kind of became the the driving force for the tagline of want to set a high standard for coffee and community. Yeah. I like it. Um, what was the reception? Like you, you were at uh, Granite Games with it. You had like a, a stand or whatever, and you, I, you were giving out samples and tasters and stuff. What, what, what's the general consensus been so far? I knew everybody was going to love the coffee. Like Jeremy is really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, I mean, a lot of people said they loved the name and they just thought it was cool that, and it was, it was a great venue for it. Cause I'm not sure if you saw it, Granite games, it was like 105 on Saturday, which is oddly, oddly, very weird for Minnesota. It was super hot all weekend. And we actually had to 
call some audibles on that day. Cause all we had was initially going into it. I mean, like I said, we're, or like you had mentioned, we're just at the beginning phases. Yeah. The website's not, doesn't even exist uh, yet, or it exists. It's just a landing page where you can drop an email and we can get you on a newsletter to kind of talk about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so that being said, I mean, we got the bags, which there was kind of a mistake on the bags, which we had to call an audible on and make some changes. And then I was like, you know what, let's just go do it. Like, let's just get, get up there. And we have, we have the opportunity to, and so we drove up, it was like a 12 hour drive, Jeez. which is a good way to figure out if it's going to work out with your business partners, go spend 24 <laughs> hours in a car in a weekend <laughs> with two of your buddies or, or two of the people you're doing it with. And, uh, it was, it was really well received. Uh, we ended up making like iced coffee. We had two, two right now, Peru and, uh, Burundi and, uh, just let people sample that buy cups, buy bags, mugs, shirts, whatever kind of they wanted, but people liked it a lot. And it was good to like get out to a live event again mm. after all of 2020 and mm. just hang out with people and chat with them and watch the competition, which was awesome. So the whole experience was great. It was an exhausting weekend, but I do it over again hundred times yeah myself and um michael dalton were back and forthing uh with possible taglines for that you can start adding to t-shirts and bags and stuff so that was that was one of the highlights of my weekend where it was just and then uh, it was funny because i was saying to him like uh i said oh what's have you tried dan's coffee like what's it like because he he put up another coffee from his hotel or something i was like oh did you try dan's coffee he's like no i'm gonna try it today and he was like, I've just been sending him like taglines. And then I was like, oh man, I love this shit. So I started, <laughs> I started sending him loads as well. And he was like, oh, I'm going to say it to dad now. And I was like, well, no, wait, I don't know him. Like, don't start telling right. me what I said. You can pass on your ones. But like my ones were strictly said behind his back. So you can't, you can't now go and share that with him. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, it is exciting. Um, with the, the good news thing is interesting because I suppose like Josh has carried on. He's forged ahead. Uh, it ended up being on well not on his own he has uh cooper and a few others involved with it but rich has buffalo brew and then you have gauze country so it's, it's there's uh clearly an interest from the three of you in it um do you think there'll be any like uh you know amicable friendly competition there are you uh hoping that like all three succeeded equally across the board oh uh i mean i don't know i mean of course there's going to be some kind of competition i'm sure on on some sense but um yeah. Like I'm just excited to kind of do something, you know, with the guys that I'm doing it with and mm. with the things that we value and are important to us. And we're just going to kind of plow ahead with that and and wherever that goes is where it's going to go. So that's what we're trying to do. And, and it's good because, um, the other owner and I, Jeremy, I mean, we have a singular focus, like in terms of what we want the brand to be and what we want it to be like. And, we're not going to budge on that. If it's successful, awesome. If people are like, this is really dumb and we don't like your coffee, then that pretty much says it. Right. So, uh, you got to take risks at some point. You got to, you know, give yourself a chance and see what happens. And you know, that's, uh, that's something we're doing and I'm not really worried about it. And, um, what's your own preferred brew method then? Are you, do you make espressos or do you do like pour overs or what's your own approach? Def, uh, pour over. I like pretty much the basic ways or the most simple ways to do it. Um, sometimes a lot of the time I'll just use like a little camping pour over kit that I have that I take with me if I go into the backcountry or God's country. And, uh, I'll, I'll just use that almost every morning. Um, it's just, just me here for now. So I don't have like, I don't have to make a house full of coffee, but the only other way that uh, I really like and was recommended to me uh, from Jeremy was the uh, mocha master is oh, a, yeah. a machine to get, which is again, like pour over. Um, yeah. it's just kind of automatic, but that's usually you, how i do it you not a big um, espresso guy i don't do a whole lot of espresso at least right now is that like a taste thing or just an effort thing um 
maybe a little bit both, like just a shot doesn't really satisfy me of just uh, coffee, you know, or like yeah. uh, espresso. Like I like to have a nice full cup. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be similar. I do like um, a flat white or an Americano or, you know, like a long black or whatever. But someone, I was actually messaging someone yesterday. They were like, oh, um, I must get you over to the dark side of like just having double espressos like you never have less than five a day when you have double espressos i was like man i never have less than five a day now so i'm afraid to swap over to something where you're claiming i'll have more like i don't think i'm already unhealthy with it i don't think i need to go that far um something i love hearing about from guests is like a a coffee memory like something maybe where coffee was on the periphery or even central to it i suppose seeing as you're so invested in it but somewhere you were someone you were with or some experience you shared with someone is there anything that springs to mind for you yeah. Um, it's just probably in the past couple of years, like I said, I'm, I'm still fairly new, you know, to coffee, a lot of the coffee stuff and like knowledge of it. I leave to Jeremy as the roaster, but, um, uh, Pat Sherwood and I usually go backpacking once a year, um, mm. for just like one or two days and, uh, two experiences, one half funny, one not is, uh, or one normal is just hanging out there with him, with one of your good buddies, and waking up in the middle of nowhere and, you know, having some coffee, knowing there's nothing on the agenda. You can't get to your phone. You can't contact anybody. It's just kind of, you know, you just get to enjoy your time, uh, and really be present in the moment. Mm. Um, then just, you know, laugh with one of your good friends, like at all times during the day. Uh, part of that's a funny story because I think the first time I did it, I had like a little burr grinder with me. Um, but I forgot the handle to turn the crank to actually grind the beans. So I can't remember what we did because of that. I don't know if I ended up like smashing them in a bag or like what, it was some kind of like archaic way of, you know, getting the bean to a, like a ground and then sticking yeah. it in a filter and pouring water over it. Yeah, that's uh, great. They're like reinventing made it the happen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, do you listen to um, a lot of podcasts or are you more um, like music based when you're training and hanging around at home? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, probably more music so okay if you're if you're listening to a podcast then is it something um do you do you like listen to sports centric ones or do you like is that kind of too much like work do you like rather listen to something totally separate um because of a lot of the different things that you know are going on in the world like politics has actually been one of the things that have like i mean obviously been a little more interesting <laughs> to me uh in the past year uh and Let's see. I mean, obviously the Joe Rogan show, like that's super easy. Like everybody yeah. listens to that one. Julie Fouché has got a great podcast. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, covers a lot of great information and it's coming from somebody who knows what she's talking about. Um, the Ben Shapiro show is one that I've picked up on in the past year. And then Andy Frisella has a podcast as well. He's the uh, owner of first form. Oh yeah. Um, and that's a great one too. Like they're the group that they have on there is actually really entertaining. They tackle some tough subjects yeah. sometimes, but listening to them, like make fun of each other and talk and laugh. It's like, they lighten the mood on a lot of different things. Um, you know, and his big thing is just about business and running businesses and not just running in businesses, businesses, but being successful. And he's got a whole bunch of different, uh, avenues that he goes down with all that. So it's really cool. Yeah. He's also got the biggest American flag I've ever seen in my life. In it's, huge. it's ridiculously big. Like I don't even know how, like, they're very proud to be Americans over there. Oh, like insanely proud of it. Like I sometimes you see, I think, the, do they do like a, oh God, what's it called for you? 
like pledge allegiance pledge of allegiance yeah do they yeah do they it? do they yeah. do it in the uh in the warehouse every day i think it's like right before they start or at some point in the morning there might be a time i can't remember they do it but yeah. uh everybody stops and they say the pledge yeah i've seen him put up like videos of that and like it starts off on the people and it's like oh that's like very patriotic that's cool or whatever and then it zooms out and it's like whoa that is a big flag <laughs> like it's enormous right um what awesome. is it is it then the uh is it the hosts then you think that bring you back for other listens or is it like um is it the content that the host brings so like do you do you because i know some people like just listen for guests and i know some people like kind of form like you know almost a bond with the person who's hosting it i suppose unbeknownst to the host um and then they come back for that person yeah i think it's both for sure i mean i'm not gonna listen to something that i'm not getting something from like there's plenty of like Rogan podcast that I'll look at on, I think it's Spotify now. Right. And I'll just scroll past a bunch. I'm like, I'm probably not going to be super interested in these people who are on here every now and then I'll pick one up, but like, you know, because I don't listen to them all day or there's just certain times of the day where I'm going to listen to podcasts, I'm going to pick something that's really like caught my interest just in Mm -hmm. the title or who the, the person that they have on. And so it's definitely a little bit of both, but, um, I'm definitely looking for the content. Even if it's somebody that I like, I'm not going to sit and listen to them talk about something that I, I just don't have that much of an interest in. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you're like, historically, I suppose, like quite a private guy as a, as social media goes. I know there's, there's a different, I suppose, like schools of thought of social media where some people share absolutely everything. Some, some people share like nothing. Um, like up until recently, you've kept your private life very private. Um, is like, is it a, a confidence in your relationship that's made you change that a little bit or is it like a willingness to kind of just share more of like away from say the barn and competition and stuff um which part are you referring to i guess are you referring to uh, my girlfriend alex yeah like just say oh, like, okay yeah. historically there's never been any mention yeah. it's basically been like the barn or training or what and, and your faith and then now it's kind of the 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 spotlight seems yeah. to be broadening a bit i guess Sure. That's an easy one. Like, I mean, I know what people are coming to my page for, you know, they're coming to my page for training, CrossFit, the barn, like Mm. those different things, just other things that I'm involved with. And I've never thought it's really anybody's business, you know, my personal life and those kind of things, but I just like Alex that much. Like she's just, she's absolutely amazing. Um, we have a blast together. Uh, you know, we sat and laughed about taking that picture for like an hour because they were so horrible. Like the pictures were just terrible uh, for so long. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm doing this, you know? So um, yeah, it, it, it just made sense to me. It wasn't like a question about it. Um, and I suppose some of it was, um, you know, in the past, maybe I, I am a shy person. Like I'm, I'm not very outgoing. I'm not very, you know, when, when I'm around the right people, like some people that I, I really trust, like, uh, a perfect example is if I'm around Heber and Mars, like it's really easy to be Danny Broflex. Like it's not hard at all because I trust those guys. I know that I know who they are. I know what they do. And, you know, uh, we've been friends for a long time. So those other things like personal things, I don't feel like sharing with a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just something that I always kind of kept close to the chest, but uh, I like Alex a lot. She's amazing. She's, she's the best. And, I'd uh, say she gives you a, a fair time a, together. A fair push in training as well. She's pretty she's pretty strong herself. Yeah, she's getting ready for US Nationals on July 4th actually. Yeah. Um she's excited about it. Uh, there's been a lot of 
ups and downs with with that and she moved out to columbus she doesn't live with me but she just lives down the road yeah and so kind of dealing with all that nobody likes moving it's not it's not enjoyable but yeah. uh she's doing great uh and she's ridiculously strong i'll have to text her every now and then be like hey yeah i, I snatched like 250 today so we can still date like it's okay <laughs> like we can still because the minute i can't snatch more than you it's like it's probably not a good sign like it's gonna be you know <laughs> something we're gonna have to talk about <laughs> um social media like it's i suppose it's become a source of a huge source of income and i suppose essentially a career or like a platform for athletes to make themselves professional in especially when it comes to crossfit which like isn't a professional sport um like you're working with rogue and with you mentioned first form um like i suppose especially stateside anyway two of the most sought after like companies you could look to work for because it just covers so much and they're such like strong brands and so I suppose like uh, maybe like pure in their motives, I guess, or whatever, like they're very clear about what they stand for and stuff. Uh, does that come with pressure then to maintain those relationships and to keep yourself like, you know, like worthy of the support in their eyes as the, uh, as the athlete that's working with them? Sure. It does. Um, I wouldn't say pressure so much as uh, I mean, I'd look at it like I'd look at any other job, right? Like, there's pressure to do your job, I guess. And, and, and your employer or the people who are having you do that kind of thing, you're going to do what you need to do to make them happier, to fulfill what they want from you. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of all the relationships that I've been able to have is I'm doing the thing that I love to do. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't have a whole lot of pressure to go work out in the gym to, you know, represent rogue fitness which is like like you said it's literally one of the easiest companies to represent it's you know i grew up in ohio it's an ohio company um i know how hard the owners work i know how hard incredibly hard the whole team works um and the fact that they're bringing back so much american manufacturing and have brought so many jobs into columbus and abroad um is how would you not you know it's very simple to want to represent that brand the best that you can right mm -hmm. And the same thing with first form. I mean, first form's way more than supplements, like their app and the things that they do in there with, and the fact that they have so many registered dietitians on staff and other people who are very knowledgeable in it. You know, the, the CEO of the company, I believe his title CEO, he might yell at me for messing this up, but Sal, um, he'll tell you straight up. He's, you know, people who are looking to lose weight. He's like, we're not going to hawk supplements on you to lose weight. Like, that's not how you do it. They're, they're a part of it and they can be a great part of it. Um, but the number one thing is you got to put the work in, right? You got to, you got to work out, you got to start eating, right? You got to get your nutrition lined up. You got to figure out, you know, how many macros, how many calories are you eating? All those things that are just essential to making somebody healthier, they promote, right? So mm. it's easy to be on board with that. It's easy to, to be a part of that and to talk about their brand and to talk about, you know, some of their favorite products that, that I consume, right. Or that I, I take. So, um, yeah. Pressure wise. Now I don't feel a whole lot of pressure. Cause I'm just, I'm, I'm doing the thing that I love. Like I, I'm, it's fantastic. Like I'm one of the luckiest people or most blessed people ever to get to do all the things that I've done over the past 10 years with just being involved with CrossFit. And that includes CrossFit HQ as well. I've been given a lot of opportunity with them. Um, and super thankful for a lot of the people who are in that organization and, um, for giving me all the opportunity that I have between CrossFit HQ, the games, media, uh, all of it. So yeah, mm -hmm. I just consider myself lucky and hopefully I do a good enough job for everybody to keep me around. And if that's not the case, then I'll find something else. Were you nervous with, uh, with like your rogue, uh, 
deal and stuff like that like when you were injured like were you, were, was there ever like a any moments of panic of like oh like this is the 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 deals that I have or the relationships that I have are partially reliant on me like training and succeeding and competing yeah not necessarily with the relationship like sponsorships and stuff are always going to come and go like that's mm-hmm. the name of the game you know um the bulls aren't still well i don't this is a bold claim i don't really know that but the chicago bulls aren't still paying michael jordan right like <laughs> he's not playing anymore he's not part of the nba he's not he's yeah. an owner of another team right um so the people that are producing and doing those things like they're going to get who are going to the games now like you've got a bunch of new people like justin Maderos, and you know he's part of the rogue team now um you know they deserve the attention accolades like that kind of stuff because they're doing the thing um so when i got hurt obviously in my head it's like okay like yeah you, you probably will if you can't ever make it back to the games based on your injuries um then yeah the i could see you know companies cutting your athletic uh sponsorship and i totally understand that it sucks and I haven't always viewed it that way, right? Like, you know, you can argue for yourself really easily in your head, but at the end of the day, they have a business to run. They have to make business yeah. decisions. It is a business. Um, so, you know, I accept those things. There's companies I've been dropped from, you know, several times. So all that's all that's fine. Like, again, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and being who I'm going to be and represent the people who want to support me the best that I can and, and try to follow through with what they want for me the best that I can. And it's also brought up, uh, you know, in the past three or four years, these other avenues that I've looked at, right. Like training programs with my always train program. Like I need to be more invested in that in providing something for the community, uh, providing something to the crowd that, uh, follows me in those kind of things. What service can I provide the coffee stuff? Um, some apparel, like, strength and conditioning work, which was my traditional background anyway, in school. Um, so being of value in those areas as well, like Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough to be on, um, announcing staffs for both rogue and the CrossFit games. I've been able to be a, you know, one of the people on the shows. So all those different avenues are just other ways that I've tried to figure out if I can be of value to the space. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, an athletic career is, is fleeting. It's, it's short, you know, so you got to take what you can get while you're doing it, do the best that you can with it. And when it ends, it ends, it, you know, it ends for everybody at some point. So, um, I definitely didn't want what happened in 2018 to happen, uh, personally. And then it's a much longer story. It was probably a great thing for me. Uh, some lessons that I needed to learn there, but no, um, Honestly, the first message, text message I got, uh, I text as soon as it happened or as, as I was on my way to the hospital when I ruptured my quad tendon, um, I messaged Bill and Katie and said, hey, like, I'm really sorry. Like, this happened. I'm super bummed. I'm super embarrassed. I'm whatever. And like the first two text messages that came back, like, please don't worry about it. Are you okay? We have your back. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's all you can ask for. So, um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, I, know, I just kind of rambled there quite a bit. No, but, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of rogue, then it brings me to your barn, which um, I checked on your your highlights earlier on. So it's 156 weeks ago you started uh, developing your barn. Um, what stage are you at now, and how have you found like because it's 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 a uh, 
I don't know, it's very easy to make a metaphor out of like renovating a barn, <laughs> but like it seems like uh, it seems like it's come together really nicely. It seems like it looks really good. Uh, have you like did you enjoy getting that like I suppose firsthand experience of like building it yourself? Yeah, in regards to it looking really nice, I appreciate that. It's kind of like taking pictures. You just got to take them from the right angles, right? <laughs> like if, if somebody were to walk in there right now today, they'd be like, holy smokes, this thing is blown up because I'm starting another project in there. But um, yeah, I mean, it has been an ongoing process. I want to do a majority of the work myself. And mm. I, I started on it, I believe, while I was still in uh, a leg brace from uh, quad tendon repair. And it was kind of like, I don't know if I should do this because I'm so hurt, but at the same time, I don't have anything else to do. Like I, you know, I could be doing a couple other things, but there's a lot of time that is now unoccupied because I'm not training and there's only so much training I can do with my leg and rehab. So it was like, just start, like, just, just start going, you know, and then just started the demo. And then just one step at a time every week, whether it was like, you got 30 minutes, you'd start a clock. What, what can you get done in 30 minutes? 30 minutes is up. Okay. Walk out. And slowly, but surely I got it to the point where, um, you could work out in there. Right. And you could, you know, get workouts done and it became space that I could go hang out in and, uh, bring some friends over to work out in and that kind of thing. Um, still not close in my opinion to being finished. There is a lot to be done. Um, in the process of, I was in the process of putting up walls basically on the inside of the barn. Um, I had sprayed some insulation in and was in the process of doing that. But now that's kind of taken a backseat to tearing down one wall and expanding underneath a loft that's there just so I can have a little bit more room. And right now it's almost impossible to get a general contractor to do any work because they're all so busy with a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm trying to get another concrete pad poured in there um, to make like another 30 by 16 foot space that I can put all the echo bikes and the, the big pieces of equipment and free up some floor space. So, mm. but where it's at right now is like, I'm so excited. The fact that if it's like all winter, I worked out in there for the most part. And when it's like 29 degrees Fahrenheit or 30, you know, just below freezing or right around freezing, when I pop on a heater, I can get it up to about 40 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's perfect. Like I'm super happy with that. Like it, it's, it's sealed up, but it is by no way like completely airproof or airtight. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's never setting a clock and like giving yourself a limit. Cause I know like I, in the, in the past with like way smaller projects, like I'd, I'd be like, oh, this is only taking like 20 minutes and then it'll be like dark. And it's like, uh Oh, like, where have I, what have I done for the last like four hours? hundred percent. Sometimes I'll go out there and I'm like, yeah, that whole section of the wall, I'm going to put boards up. And then it's like my time has up or the clock dings or something. And I've gotten like one board yeah, put yeah. up because I didn't see the 12 other things that needed to happen before I did that. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. And that's okay. Like you learn about things that way. You learn how to plan a little bit better and knock out those projects. Yeah. Um, I was interested to see, so you, you were, you worked in uh, Tennessee tech, um, which seems to have been like a breeding ground for like a legend when it comes across it. So like uh, Rich and Matthew, it's there now. Um, you all seem to like cut your teeth there a bit. Like were, was it, was that like an, an intense environment to work in? Like uh, I just imagine that there's like a hell of a lot of testosterone knocking around <laughs> in general. It was an awesome environment. Uh I mean, I went down there, I went down there primarily to train for the games. Once yeah. I heard that a position was open, uh, for a graduate assistant position at Tennessee tech, it was like, okay, this is perfect. Like I can get my master's degree paid for 
and I know I'm going to be able to work the schedule out to train a ton with Rich and the rest of the crew. Um, so yeah, it was super intense. I mean, we worked out a ton and as you know, that's all that mattered was either, okay, I got to do this little bit of schoolwork and do this kind of thing. But then after that, it's like, I'm either coaching or I'm training one of the two. Hmm. Um, so yeah, th- those two years being down there a year and a half, however long it was, was an absolute blast. It was such a unique time for me in the sport and, uh, in competing and, and all those things. And so definitely like owe a lot to rich for sure for training for that many years and having just a great training partner i would argue that like having great training partners is probably better than having a great coach you know if you have great training part especially you know somebody who's like rich who knows so much about the sport and about the movements and all those things um so yeah those were some fun days like it was it was a blast when when hewitt showed up same kind of thing it was like one more guy to bring into the fold and easy was there as well uh elijah muhammad was there so uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of working out goes on in Cookville at all times. Like I got to take, like, I feel like now I got to take like two full rest days before I head down there to hang out. Cause I know it's just going to be a nonstop barrage of workout after workout after workout, which is yeah. just cool. That's why he's been so successful. That's why his teams are so successful or part of the reason, uh, why. So they've set themselves up very well to do that down there. You mentioned the training partners there. So you, like you trained with, you know, rich obviously and easy and, you know, Josh it used to go down to the barn a lot and I know you train with Miko and uh, Graham as well like do you think that like are those type of relationships do you think maybe a thing of the past now where people train together and push each other who aren't part of the same coaching house like training think tank or proven or whatever else yeah it does I mean I haven't even thought of it that way but now that you mention it it does it does kind of look that way right it's and it's kind of goes to the fact that the sports become a little bit more, it's become bigger. It's become more, uh, professional in some aspects, um, that, yeah, you just don't find like random people just training together. It's always part of this group or part of that group, which is cool. Like that's, that's fine. Like, I mean, I think it adds an interesting dynamic to the community. Um, and it is good to see like other athletes training together. Like that's the best way that you're going to get better is, is getting a good training partner that can push you. Um, I know it worked for me and I know it's worked for others. Like when I, when I've trained and other people I've talked to, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, if that's something that still goes on that much, maybe it goes on behind the scenes, but I feel like once people are dedicated to a team of people, that's kind of where they stay, at least on social media, that's what it looks like that's true um you had like some incredible years like both like open regionals and at the games is there like is there a particular year that stands out as a highlight for you or is it more like moments within each of the years that you'll remember the moments in each of the each year is like super special each year was awesome like i didn't take any of the years for granted uh 2015 is probably one of my favorite years just because it was my highest finish and I was super close to being on the podium, even though Bjorgman still beat me out for it. Um, that year was cool too, to see Ben win, you know, somebody who'd been at it for so long and he's kind of like me in terms of being really quiet, pretty private. Um, but he's still like an absolute fierce competitor and super, super fit. So it was cool to see somebody like that, uh, take the title that year. Uh, 2011 was one of my favorite years just because I won the open that year back when I think there was only maybe like 30,000 competitors that year, maybe something like that in the open. And now, you know, you're north of 200,000. Uh, but that, um, 
yeah, probably those two years, those two things stand out quite a bit. Um, getting to put on a jersey with to represent over in Madrid for the Invitational yeah. was amazing. Like that's one thing that I'll I'll never forget. That was in the Olympics and represent my country uh, in track and field. Um, so getting to do that was that was really cool, and I couldn't have had more fun with Rich China Cho and Margo. They're they're three of the best people in the space, so they were a blast. Um, 2016 then, I suppose like uh, you know, low lights will go towards then where you you missed out in the games by one spot, and like I'm struggling to find a word to describe it when I think about it later on. Like failure is such a harsh word to use for, but like I suppose at the time, I'm sure that's what it felt like where you finish you know up until then it's the first time we finished outside the top three at regionals um and the first time in five that you hadn't been to the games so like when something like that happens is there like a mourning period or do you like are you angry or are you upset or are you is it immediately like oh fire's lit let's get back to it yeah um yeah totally there's the failure moment and that's good like i don't have any problem with failure i don't want to fail but I mean, failure is necessary for you to learn. And what do you do after that? That's kind of the big, big thing. Like, what did you change? Did you, is there a fire that's lit under you? Is, did you make the adjustments? Like, those are the things that you're supposed to learn from failure. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was brutal. Like I hated it. I couldn't stand, I was embarrassed. Like I was mad at myself, but I didn't deserve to go. Like I didn't do well enough. Like I, and you know, in my opinion, I probably had some bad calls on the weekend, but everybody has those. And I guarantee I probably had some calls that shouldn't have gone my way and they did. So you can just kind of take that off the list. Like that's not a thing, you know? Um, and then I know that I made some mistakes. Like I just made some errors in some workouts. I mean, I can still remember all this stuff. Like I, I think I jumped off the pull-up bar at one point a little too early and got the, and the judge had to call me back. And it's like, well, there's a couple seconds that go by. And when you're competing for a spot at the games, you can't have that. You can't do that. Right. Um, mm. and then, uh, I mean, the overarching principle was just, I just wasn't fit enough. Like I wasn't good enough compared to the field. Like that's just mm -hmm. what it is, you know? And so it's a twofold process. You can be upset. You can be mad at that and that's fine. But then what are you going to do about it? Are you going to come back and train harder? Are you going to pick those weaknesses apart and shore them up and come back better? Or, you know, are you, are you going to complain and say, well, it's because the judge this, well, it's because of that. Well, it's, it's like, no, it's on you. Like it's, it does, you have to be fit enough to overcome all those other little things. That's part of what makes going to the game so special and going so many times so special is because you have to be able to jump over those little hurdles and be better. So good that those little things aren't going to disrupt your competition weekend. Hmm. Does that answer your question? Definitely. Yeah. Um, in 2017, then if that, if it was supposed to be a year of, uh, redemption after that, you obviously, along with, like 450,000 other people tore your peck at regionals um, is, is like, is that doubly difficult to swallow then afterwards when it's something that's like, I guess more out of your control than jumping off a pull-up bar too soon. Yeah. Um, again, those are things that you can't control and I didn't tear my peck all the way off. I stopped before I, I did that. I was actually considering competing in the next event during the day, which had a rope climb in it, but earlier that night, I really couldn't put my seatbelt on. Like I remember driving to dinner to eat with my parents and like any kind of like opening of my shoulder and like turning and trying to even move the seatbelt around just felt really, really sketch all up here. Like a lot of pain didn't feel right. And then I think the next day I climbed the rope once. Um, 
and came down was just like, this is a horrible idea. Like if yeah. this thing pops while I'm up here, 15 feet in the air, I'm coming straight down to the ground. And so that's why I withdrew. Um, so it didn't take super long for me to get back, but yeah, it was super, it was frustrating. You know, just like you said, like you want to come back and do well. And then something like that happens. And I don't want to say it was completely out of my control. Maybe I, uh, practice the events too many times, or it was too repetitive, or, I mean, I don't know what the solution was there that year because a lot of people had the same thing happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, but it's just that, again, that's part of life. Like that's just part of the thing and you got to have the same attitude going into the next season, which I did, but then that one didn't turn out too well either. Yeah. Like it's your misery was really just compounded. Like I suppose the next couple of years where you had your, your quad tear in 18 and then you had to get uh, surgery in, in 19. Um, like in 2018, when you're coming out of that clean, is it like, is, is it apparent to you immediately? Like, okay, like that's, you know, I'm out long-term here or is there like, you know, do you kind of bargain with yourself and think like, well, you know, similar to uh, with the pec issue, like, do you think like, well, maybe if, and oh, if I just wait like X amount of time and see what happens tomorrow and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from 2017, even into 2018, the, the best way that I've described it is that like a lot of like check engine lights were coming on in my body, like over and over again, like things were happening that didn't used to happen that didn't normally happen. And I think a lot of that was from, you know, in hindsight, thinking about it now, uh, I probably already had a pretty good sized tear in my quad tendon at like leading into that, um, based on how much pain that it, that I was in through those years, especially the last few years that I was competing in terms of what was right on the top of my knee. And so then, you know, if you have all that pain there, you start compensating in other ways and other places. I kind of already knew that I probably had, uh, an inguinal hernia, uh, just from the pain that I had down there, it kind of matched up with the symptoms of, of that. Um, and then I always had a little bit of trouble with my left shoulder. Like, so I, I just knew that like some things kept progressing and getting worse, but I didn't want to pay attention to them. I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to shut down. I didn't want to, you know, um, you don't want to quit. You don't want to like stop doing the thing you love and a little bit with like, you know, sponsorships and all those other things you want to make those people proud and you don't want to be uh, weak or anything like that. So rolling into 2018, I definitely knew something was wrong. And I went to the doctor, uh, on more than one occasion trying to get an MRI on my knee and long story short there, like I didn't get one. They wouldn't give me one based on health insurance stuff and other things. They would give me one on my shoulder. I'll never understand it, but I'm kind of past it now. Um, and so they did say like, yeah, you've got a pretty good sized tear in your labrum. It's not critical that you fix it right now, but it probably will need to get fixed. And then on your knee, the best we can guess is like tendonitis or some tendinosis. So, you know, here's some exercises, here's some things, here's some whatever. And, uh, I should have like, I should have stopped. Like I should have, I shouldn't even done the open. Um, I should have just taken the year off. I couldn't string like a week and a half together of good training. I'd hurt my back. I'd hurt something else. I'd hurt my Achilles. I'd hurt my calf. And it probably all stemmed from all these other things. You know, you just, your body tries to make up for it in other ways that ends up putting stresses in places that it shouldn't. And then you hurt other things. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so that workout came out and the clean before my quad popped off was what a sentence was, was three seventeen. 
And for whatever reason, I decided to do squat cleans that day when normally I would power clean that weight. And so I don't know what, I don't know why I did that, but I did. And, uh, I stood it up slow and something felt a little weird, but not super painful in my left leg. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have time for one more rep. Let's throw on 10 more pounds. And, uh, literally as soon as my elbows came around on the bar and I felt the bar, like the weight sit on me, the, uh, it just felt like a shotgun kind of went off in my knee. It just felt like a huge, and I had no idea what I did. Like I fell back onto the ground and, uh, I thought I might've like dislocated everything in my knee. I thought I might've torn like all ACL, MCL, like all of that. Um, it didn't hurt that bad. It was just really visceral and gross. You know, it was just like, I, I knew that I did something really bad. I did not handle it well too. I went down on the floor in like a screaming heap. So it was not, it was not a pretty sight. That was my first like major, major or major injury like that. Uh, so I was pretty freaked out and it honestly wasn't, I knew my season was over based on what happened. I knew I would not be competing that year, but what worried me more is like, are you not going to be doing things that you really enjoy 20 years from now? Like, what did you just do to your yeah. leg that like now, I don't know whatever your mind goes everywhere. Am I going to have to use just a cane the rest of my life? Am I going to have to, will it function normally? Will I be able to squat again? Will I be able to do any of these things? Um, and so, yeah, I, I couldn't get an MRI on it that day and ended up getting, uh, just rushed into a surgeon in like the next, I think it was like two days. And, uh, he just took one look at it and he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I'll see you Thursday. He's like, we need to get this taken care of. It's not something you want to wait too long to just sit there. So that was what it was. And that kind of kicked off the other two surgeries is like, I'm down and out and I'm going to be down and out for almost a year with this. So let's get the other two things taken care of. And like in hindsight, again, I almost wish I would have just had it all done while I was under one time, just get the hernia done, get the, get them all done. But I kind of spaced them out a little bit. So it's like, anytime I made progress on my quad, yeah. I went in for another surgery on my, uh, hernia. So then it's like, okay, here's like another four to six weeks where you can't really do anything. You know, you got to really take it easy. And not only that, but like a couple of those weeks where you're just laying on the couch, not really not doing anything. Yeah. And then, okay, we're kind of back there. Let's do a little more rehab on the leg. Okay. I'm going to go in and get my labrum taken care of. And so I go do that. And it's like, all right, you're back on the couch again and you can't do all these other things. So it was a really slow process. And I learned a lot from it. 2019 was really rugged because of it, just because, you know, you, you start to realize that, oh boy, like my com competition days might be over in some aspect, uh, because of this and you're not ready for it, or you, you obviously never want to let it go. Um, so that was tough, but I learned a lot through the rehab. Um, mainly, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have it a lot worse than me, who have a lot harder time with a lot of other things. And, as bad as it was, I had a great support group to help me get through it that I couldn't have gotten through it without both locally with doctors and uh, PT people from my family to my friends. And so I was so fortunate with that. Looking back on it, I can't imagine not having the kind of support group that I did to get me back uh, to where I needed to be. And like I said, again, the brands that I was with, they all supported me, you know, they all, um, you know, were there for me if I needed anything. So nothing but positive things to say about the support I had around me and the experience or going through that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't as bad as it was and as much as it sucked, I wouldn't change anything. You know, you learn a lot in the Valley. You learn a lot when you're at your lowest, uh, about yourself, about other people, about what's really important. Um, 
and about who you are. So I, I wouldn't really trade any of it except for maybe telling myself, Hey dude, don't do that last clean. Just walk away with 317. You're good. You're good. Just stop today. Yeah. I think yeah, to, so. to be honest, I'm still lingering on my quad popped off. I think I'm still stuck in that part of the conversation. I haven't actually moved past that. Most, most of the time so, yeah, like say, I, it popped off. It's like my belt popped off or something. Along no, those lines. no, it didn't. It definitely, um, uh, I was on the ground and I had a niece and my knee sleeves on and I had to take my shirt off because I could see my kneecap wasn't like in the right spot. Something didn't look right. Like it just didn't. And it kind of made me nauseous looking at it. So I had to throw my shirt over that. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to look at this. Like, I don't yeah. know what I did, but it's not good. Um, and some of it, you know, your muscles, they, they, your muscles act as like a shock absorber for like you catch a clean or anything like that. And if they're not firing properly, if you have a bunch of injuries and they're not doing what they're supposed to do, the tendon's got to take all that force. And mm -hmm. so, I was probably doing that over and over and over again, produce some kind of small tear. And then that last one was just enough to, to take it off. Something like I kind of was thinking of it there when you were saying that, um, you know, you don't want to stop and you don't want to, you don't want to quit or you don't want to uh, give in, I suppose, when, you know, like it, it, it sounds like you just kind of slowly ran aground, like just like we're forced to stop rather than choosing to stop i suppose uh, and something that comes up regularly in interviews i've done is i suppose the idea of identity like the person becoming you know inseparable from the athlete and then like failure gets doubled because like oh well i failed as an athlete so therefore i'm a failure like that dan bailey is a failure because dan bailey the crossfitter failed uh, is do you think that that period of time allowed you to maybe separate the two things that you could be like the crossfit athlete and just dan bailey separately yeah, absolutely. Um, the best way that I describe that whole situation or that whole kind of topic is um, my whole life, like I was prepped for that scenario. Don't let sports define you. You know, for me, it's let your uh, faith in Christ, those kind of things, um, your, your faith in Christ and the gifts that he's given you outside of just sports, let those things define you. That's, that's who you are, like actually as a person. The sports thing is something that you have this incredible blessing to get to do. Um, and so... I was taught on that, you know, memorize scripture verses to reinforce that I had all the training. Right. But the important thing there that I had to realize when the horrible thing happened was it's still going to hurt. Like you're still going to be depressed. Mm. You're still going to be incredibly upset with yourself. Like you said, like you feel like a failure. You feel like uh, all these different things, all these different negative emotions and negative thoughts, but that's what that training's there for. It's for when you feel bad, not to prevent you from feeling bad. There's a big difference there. Like it's going to hurt, right? Like those, that stuff is coming. And it, you know, the Bible tells you about that too. Like there's trials are coming your way, no matter what you do, no matter who you are and where you are in society, you are going to have a really rough time at some point. And so that's something I kind of had to learn was like, Oh boy, like I didn't expect this. I didn't expect this to go this way. Um, so I just kind of had to sit there, sit in there and learn from it. And again, kind of reevaluate, Hey, what are the other things that you're great at? What are the other things that, that you can provide a, a service for? What are the other things that um, you can provide other people other than, and, and serve other people other than just being an athlete or other than just competing? You know what I mean? So there was definitely some time for reflection there. Uh, and I had a great, uh, a friend of mine, I was on the phone and telling him at one point, what a rough time I had, what a terrible time I was having and super bummed about everything and depressed and all these things, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible. Like I'm trying to figure things out. Like I'm 
doing all this stuff and he had no sympathy for me like none he was just like well man it sounds like you're right where you need to be you know you're doing all these things that's what you're called to do so hang in there you know keep it up you know maybe this is this is necessary right now and it was it was necessary came out of it stronger came out of it better more confident person in a lot of different ways and uh so i mean in those in those respects again i'm happy that it happened someone that's uh you know quite uh i've asked this a couple of times a couple of different people and i've used the word outspoken and outspoken usually sounds like you're talking out against something when other people don't or whatever so i'm trying i don't know trying to figure out a way to word it better but like for someone who's uh i suppose public facing with their faith or not afraid to talk about it or share it or whatever like it do moments like that like from what you've said there it sounds like you've always been uh you know uh, active in your faith and like you know you've always used it and you were brought up uh, like as uh, a believer or whatever so like when when something like that happens does it does it test your faith at all or is it like because obviously some people the first thing they do is they look to blame something so they'll either blame themselves or they'll blame like if their faith is that strong they might blame god or they might blame like whatever their belief system is uh whereas you know it sounds like the the blame maybe in your case lay at like how you had trained or how you had like ignored those engine lights as they were coming on. But like when something that cataclysmic happens to someone, like do like, do you remember just immediately uh, shouldering the blame yourself and like moving on with it? Or were there days where you were like, felt you couldn't turn to uh, an entity that you had always previously turned to? Yeah, no, I, um, sure. It made me doubt things, uh, at certain time. I wouldn't say completely like doubt my faith, but, um, you know, that's an easy, that's human nature. Like it's an easy thing to be like mad at God or mad at, uh, whatever the situation is or whatever you want to call that, like mad at, uh, the powers that be for just your situation and whatever happened. But I've always been somebody who's tried to focus on what could have I done? Like I'm in this situation probably more than, more than likely because of decisions that I've made and probably a lot less likely with decisions other people have made. Uh, you know, that happened in, even in 2011 or 2010, which was my first attempt to go into the games. I was doing really well coming into the last day and we did this chipper and my calf completely cramped in the middle of like 50 box jumps that I had left. Like my calf felt like it was like up in my hamstring. So couldn't like, complete the workout, or I think I barely completed it, but just got crushed in that workout. It took me out of the running and that was it. And, and somebody, you know, people had said, Oh, if his calf hadn't cramped if blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it did cramp. And I wasn't prepared. And the other athletes were like, that's just what the truth is. Right. So let's just let the truth kind of have its day and have its time and have its, you know, thing. And like I said, there was plenty of warning signs for me in terms of how my body was handling things. And whether you want to look at it or not, how I know I see it is God, like kind of smacking me on the side of the head, like, Hey, knock it off almost. Or like, Hey, pay attention to something else over here that I've got you doing rather than this. Mm. And you know, me being stubborn and me being whatever, it's like, no, nah, I'm going to just kind of keep grinding away here, you know? And I had all sorts of people tell me, take a year off. Like, it's no big deal. Like you'll be fine. It's okay. You're not going to like lose your job. You're not going to lose whatever. And, uh, I didn't listen to any of that advice. And then that's what happened. So you know, looking back on it, like, of course you always ask the question, why, why do terrible things happen? You know? Um, but 
in the end for that one, it's, it's like, I can easily point the finger back at myself and find a whole bunch of steps I could have taken that would have changed that, that end result. Yeah. Um, you made like a, a fairly decent comeback when, uh, you took part in the rogue invitation, the, in the legends, uh, category, you finished third, like when you're offered that position, do you instantly accept or does ego like get in the way a little bit? Like, do you think like, well, hang on a minute. I don't have to, like, I could hold my own in that in the open field. Like, you know, let me qualify for that one. Like, is there any kind of trepidation there on your part? Um, there's some, like, there's still some moments where I'm like, ah, you know, I, I probably can get back or I know that I'm good enough. I know them, but I don't know if I'm willing to dedicate the time yeah. now to doing that. I kind of know where, I'm going to manage the time that I have to train. And then it's kind of like the barn, right? I'm going to start a clock. And once that clock, that time runs out, that's it. You're out of the gym and you're doing something else. Hmm. Um, and I need to do that right now. You know, one, it's helping keeping me healthy. So I'm not training quite as much, but it's helping me, you know, stay on top of all the little issues that I, I kind of still have and not letting them turn into main issues. Um, and number two, like I said, it's just, looking at other avenues and ways that I can give back to other people with all the things that I've learned over 10 years of competing. Well, longer than that, but, uh, overall the competition, all the experiences I've had, like, how can I serve other people with those skills and, and teach and do whatever, um, in terms of like my open finishes and stuff like this year, I did way better in the overall open than I, I thought I would like in terms of overall finish, uh, just based on my fitness. So that was cool. Um, but, yeah, I'm still a long way off. You know, I know what it takes and I know the kind of times you need to have. And I know who the guys are at the a top at or who are at the top right now. And I know that I'm, I'm not like, there's, there's going to be one or two events that I can still take everybody down in or be like really close to beating everybody. Um, right now I still kind of have that in my back pocket, but in overall fitness, like, uh, no, I'd still have a lot of work to do before I could get back on the main floor. Yeah, you sh you you had a nice little flex uh, when you were over here for filthy. You had uh, you had a, one of those moments where you pulled something out of your back pocket. Like, what are your memories of the trip over here? Uh, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Uh, Doreen is amazing. The event was great. Uh, Ireland's awesome. It's always some place that I wanted to go, and here was this cool opportunity again for me to get to go over there. So there's no way I was going to say no to that. And I prefaced it when I, I talked to them, like, Hey guys, like I'm not like 2012 to 2015 Dan Bailey right now. Like I'm going to do my best, but like, this is kind of where I'm at. And they're like, we don't care. We want you, you know, to be there and to compete and, and do some stuff. So, um, it was awesome. Like it was just so much fun. And then to have one event where I could take a win, uh, just a full throttle stomp event where you don't think you just go as fast as you can. Uh, that was awesome. I was so jacked. I was so pumped up. Um, it did a lot for me to, to, to be able to take a win in any event with all those other really, really good competitors. Uh, so that was cool. I hung out a lot with like Tim Paulson and Sean Sweeney. We had an absolute blast while we were over there and I, I can't remember when is the date, is a date slated? Yeah. Uh, the, well, they've said November, obviously it's a bit like, you know, fingers crossed kind of thing, but sure. it's, it's a similar time of year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I told them both. I'm like, I, I don't care what has to happen. I'm going to find my way over there for it, but just because, uh, it was such a great experience the last time. And, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. That's cool. Um, do you feel like a sense of responsibility to, I'm just thinking who else was there at filthy and like Justin was there and now he's a rogue athlete and stuff like, do you, like, do you just leave, you know, 
if someone asks you for advice, you might give advice or whatever. Like, do you ever approach anyone like say like him and say like, you know, you know, I've, I've been through it. Like here's some things that like uh, have stood out to me or that I wish I would have heard from someone, or do you just wait and see if anyone ever approaches you? Cause obviously you don't want to be that guy either. That's like cornering someone in the warm up area being like, I can fix all your problems. No. Yeah. That's not something that I would do, especially not at a competition. I mean, when, I, when I'm competing, you get kind of zoned out on, yeah. on you and what you need to accomplish. Um, but I mean, obviously seeing him compete that weekend, uh, I knew like you'd look at him and you're just like the things that he could do and the ease with which he did them with is like, okay, this kid's going to be really, really, really good. And he's this young, like, and he's this young and, and still pretty fresh in the sport and this impressive, like he moves well, he's really strong. He's got a great engine and he's only like, I think at the time he, he might not even been 21. He might've been 20. I don't mm. I'm not sure how old he was, but uh, so yeah, you can see it. You can definitely see it, but I typically don't, I won't approach, approach people about things like that, specifically not at a competition. If they ask questions, like, of course I'm going to answer, but I don't, I also, I'm, like I said, I'm a pretty private, quiet guy. I don't want to come off as somebody who thinks that he knows it all or, or anything like that, but I'll give advice when, when questions are asked or if somebody, you know, wants to know something, I'm, I'm always happy to help out. Do you, um, if you're, if you're keeping yourself to yourself in the warm up area, like, do you ever flex any mind games? Are you ever like, you know, tempted to mess with someone's head uh, in a subtle way, like maybe not saying something, but by doing something, I know I've heard stories of people doing, I think actually Justin told me a story about someone in the warm up area for filthy doing like, ridiculous warm-ups that made no sense to see if other people would do them and see if they copy i don't know i don't i I haven't thought about that like again like i'm in my own space i don't try to like flex on anybody you know uh the one thing that happened that i was really surprised by i snatched 264 or 265 or two somewhere right right around there at that event um and like two weeks prior to that i only snatched like i could barely hit 230 it was like, I was really worried, you know, I was like, okay, well, if snatch comes out, I'm gonna be really embarrassed. And then it came out and I was like, okay, well, here we go. And, uh, in the back room during the warmups, um, like I powered like 235 or 240 pretty easily. And I was like, I mean, that might be the only, I wasn't trying to do it, but that might be the only flex that I could offer, you know? It was like, okay, that went up really easy. Like I'm done warming up. Like I yeah. know that this yeah, is yeah, going to go. You have to walk away from the bar looking like you knew that it was always going to happen. Yeah. There was never any doubt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 But, a small uh, casual no, nod and a walk away. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what I thought right. was going to happen. Um, yeah. That's obviously right. the, the Irish crowd brought out to give you the extra little 10% there when you came out. Um, oh, hundred percent. You, uh, you entered the age group uh, qualifier for the first time uh, this year and you made the cut uh, for Madison. Is there a reason why um, obviously there's been, I suppose, a certain reluctance of people to uh, transition from, I suppose the open field into the age categories. And then this year you, and I know Adrian uh, qualified as well. Is there, is it just a, do you just feel ready for it now? Or is it, uh, was it just kind of a chuck it and see thing for you to see what would happen? There's a little bit of both. Um, I definitely wanted to compete again. And uh, in a YouTube video I did, I, I, I kind of talked about it and what I alluded to before, like I have a set time that I'm willing to work out. I have my maximum amount of time and I'm not going to go over that. Um, and whatever that gets me is what it gets me. If that gets me to the games, cool. If that, get, if that would get me to masters at this point, cool. And the reason that I decided to do it was well, one, I just decided to let my pride down. Like 
before I was a little too prideful and was just like, yeah, I'm never going to not be on the big stage. And that's the only place that I want to compete until you have it completely ripped out of your hands, like competing and, and, and doing those things and having those goals to shoot for. Um, and so this year I kind of said, okay, like, Hey dude, like let your pride, it's, it's okay. Like you can let your pride down and go back. And I want to go back too, just because of how hard I've worked to get back to where I'm at, mm. uh, to just get back to the fitness level that I have right now has taken a lot and it's taken, like I mentioned a lot out of other people. So, um, I want to honor that to some respect, honor the hard work and the dedication, both from myself and from others and, uh, go to whatever stage I can get to at, you know, our biggest competition of the year. And so that happens to be masters. So, uh, I'm going to do that. And, uh, the other thing was James Hobart had asked me if I was going to do it and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm like, but if you don't make it, I'm not going to go, like, I'm not going to go compete and half in jest, but half kind of telling the truth because of how much more fun it'll be with James there. And, uh, he made it too. I think he was like right behind me. Uh, so he's still super fit, which is not surprising. He's like yeah. the best mover in CrossFit outside of maybe matter rich, but yeah. yeah, the guy's like butter. It's yeah. It's interesting when you mention that though, like the, the, the pride, I guess, holding you back or, or like wanted to be on the main stage, but like the payoff there is like when people like you and Adrian and James and you know, like other, uh, I don't want to say former big names, but like other people who were on the main stage and now have stepped over, like, that's what turns heads like that's what gives that's what lifts the stage higher for the masters athlete like that's what gives it uh more credibility because it gets more attention then and people people won't just walk past the arena uh the indoor arena to get to the outdoors because they'll be hearing dan bailey's name or they'll be seeing james hobart warming up or whatever and that kind of stuff that that's what that's what would stop me and make me turn and look um because i know when i like i was at the games in 2019 um and like it is difficult to watch the masters or it was then I'm hopeful that things will be different this year, but it was difficult because it was always clashing with something that you really wanted to see or with, you know, like something was always going on outside when it was on inside. It was like, Oh, do I want to watch the teens or the masters or do I want to go out and watch like, you know, Fraser or whoever outside. Whereas now at least you've got that thing of like, well, shit, I'm going to hang around here for a while. Like, so I haven't seen, you know, Dan Bailey and James Hobart go like head to head or whatever, you know, like that's the kind of thing that makes you stop and think. So yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that, uh, not wanting to leave the big stage. I think that your decision to leave the big stage will make the stage that you're entering bigger and will move the spotlight closer to it. So I think uh, credit is due for if it was a difficult decision that you, that you did make it. Um, you own um, alwaystrain.com as well. You mentioned earlier on and you've uh, you've got programming and apparel and stuff there. Um, you work, you mentioned as well, Heber and Marsden, you work as uh, Danny Broflex there as well. And then you've got appearances like at the weekend, you're at Granite Games and you're working out there and, you know, like doing, I guess, fan service, you call it, as well as the coffee. Like, do you ever like just stop and just be like, okay, I need like three days where I'm just not doing anything because like, with that many plates spinning at one time, it surely you need to decompress sometimes as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's definitely time for that. And I, I have a pretty easy time going on like a vacation or a trip for myself. I've never had a hard time doing that. I've always prioritized it. Um, but like I said, like the days are busy and the days are full and, um, it's great though. Like it's all these things that I'm really enjoying doing it, you know, even though there's struggles and there's, you know, whatever things that are, that are tougher and problems that you have to solve and things you want to figure out. And boy, I, I like the coffee company, like 
I, I, there's some things that I just don't know what to do with, right. Or like how to approach different things, but that's why you have a team of people with you. Right. Um, so like in some sense, yes, it's, it's busy and all that stuff. But again, it's like, I'm doing all these different things that I love to do, like going out mm-hmm. to Granite games and hanging out with the community. It was awesome. Um, starting a new venture in coffee. Amazing. It's fun. Um, and then like, uh, the always train the programming, that's just one way that I can give back, uh, again, to the community. Um, in that sense with some of the most fun ways that I find to work out. So, you know, CrossFit competitor, CrossFit, uh, farm strong, which is like low equipment options. And then clang and bang, which is just bodybuilding ridiculousness. Like if you just want to run in the gym and do something fun, like that's what it is. Uh, so I have a lot of fun doing everything that I do. And, um, the only thing that I want to kind of get a little bit more back into is like some of the one-on-one coaching. I had to leave that unfortunately in September. Um, and with some of the COVID and the shutdowns and those kind of things. Uh, but I'll find an Avenue. I'll find a way to kind of get back into that. If I could in an ideal world, I would make my barn kind of a private gym where you'd almost have to maybe like interview a little bit and host like one or two classes a day that way to help people out and, and coach people again. So we'll see. Yeah. Judging from your Instagram, people would need to want to train at like 4 a.m. So I suppose that would be, that'll cut a lot of people out. Those are my training hours. That's not what I recommend for anybody else. Like sometimes, I mean, that's Marcus's idea. He has to train at that, that early Marcus Hendren. He just lives up the road from me. Um, and he actually had no place to train during COVID. Like his gym shut down. He's like, Hey, I need to train somewhere. I want to want to work out at your barn. I'm like, cool. What time? He's like, 5 a.m. is the only time I can do it. And I'm just like, oh. All right, let's let's try. Yeah, you could have said I leave the keys outside, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, actually, that did happen. The first time that he talked about coming over, um, I thought he was joking, and so like we're texting back and forth. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll see you at four a.m. Ha ha, like whatever, blah blah blah. blah. (laughs) And then I woke up to like seven different texts from Marcus Hendren, and it was like, hey, and then like this other picture and then somebody knocking on a door picture and then like it, the clown, like knocking on the door <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, Hey, what's the deal? And he's like, I was at your house this morning at like four 45. And I'm like, no, you weren't. And he's just like black cars in the corner. Garage door was shut and the barns in the backyard. I'm like, yep, you were here. I'm really sorry. <laughs> My bad, man. You should have gone back and trained. Yeah. So, I'm assuming yeah. the texts were like, you know, like, I'm outside and then progressed, like got more and more intense as he went. Where down. are you? Like, yeah. This relationship is over. <laughs> right. Are we friends? Like, what did I do that was wrong? Like what was wrong? Yeah. Um, so. well, look, we'll, fi- we'll finish with a quick fire. Um, so they're all either or, um, apart from the last one. So, um, ski or row? Row. Uh, curls or bench? Man. Bench. Um, deadlift or squat? deadlift uh echo bike or concept bike echo um espresso or pour over but we know that one i suppose from your 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 abject hatred of espresso that you express express i I just think i need like i need a good machine that doesn't cost like 10 grand and something that can you know make a good espresso at the right price yeah yeah you just need to look at some sponsorship deals i guess i always find it funny listening to uh savan josh and matt because matt got his uh, machine for free uh as a like a, a gift and josh got has the same machine and didn't and it comes up like at least like once every couple of episodes it, uh, someone mentions it and you can hear the annoyance in josh's voice um a winner then a male and female winner of 
2021 games who who have you got man uh female winner i'm gonna have to give the tia like i think you're dumb to not pick tia like that would just be a bad move uh and then male winner, I feel like, I mean, the field is so open. Um, it is crazy, even especially after the semifinals. And I know people haven't peaked. Like, I know that there's still people that are like, I'm not at 100% yet. But it's literally like you could call across the board. You could pick anyone who, if they step forward fast enough, could get it. I really like the, I really like the headspace that Panchik is in right now. I've seen like a lot of just different things with him just through social media, talking with him a little bit. I know he learned a lot being down at mayhem in mm. terms of training and like a different, just getting a different viewpoint. Uh, not to say that anything he ever did was wrong. Cause he's always been since 2012, he's been one of the best guys. Um, so I'm really excited for him. I, I'm really pulling for him to do well. I think Noah Olson, obviously uh, probably gave Matt the toughest run for his money in 2019, mm-hmm. I believe. So it would be foolish not to mention him. Um, the guy, why can't I think? I'm drawing a blank on his name. His name was Jason. The guy who won the Mid-Atlantic. Hopper. Hopper. My goodness. Like, there's a beast of a human. Like, holy yeah. smokes. I mean, coming out of nowhere like that, and not necessarily nowhere. I'm sure he's done really well before. Um, but it sounds like all of 2020, he just really dedicated to training really, really hard and made a lot of progress because the way that he marched through those events and made it look really easy um, is super impressive. Being the size that he is doing mm-hmm. what he did is really impressive. Um, He's got so a nice level. I of- really want to see him though, get tested at the games. Like yeah. the mid Atlantic one, that's cool that you did that well, but those events don't really, they're not the, in that big space to get tested to see how you do. Uh, so if I had to pick like two plus kind of a wild card, that that's, probably what I pick. And then, you know, you can go down the list of Justin Madero's Chandler Smith. There's all these other guys that are so good and have shown uh, so much talent and so much ability. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch it unfold. And it's always fun to watch us get a new, uh, a new champ on the guy's side, you know, on the guy's side, it's like feast or famine. It's like either somebody's winning four to five years in a row or nothing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, you know, we've got rich, we've got in recent years, rich and, uh, Matt and Ben and Graham Holmberg in, in 2010. So it'll be cool to get a new name up there. I'll be happy for whoever does it. Yeah, I think the, there's something I like about Hopper is he's got this like nice level of confidence. Like he's got a, it's almost cocky, but it's not quite there. It's not, it's not enough to be annoying or irritating, but it's not like he's got a certain swagger about him, which I, I admire. But um, yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. I like if it's anything like, granite games like that kind of thing where it's like well geez i don't know like you know it's literally like one event turned everything on its head and then the next event turned it back again so i think we're in for an exciting time regardless um but yeah i think i'm speaking for everyone i say there'll be a closer eye cast on on masters this year um i think uh, i'm looking forward to seeing what you can do it'll be it'll be great to see you back out there um in uh lifting up a stage rather than walking onto it so i think uh congratulations are in order for qualifying for that and we'll all be keeping a close eye but uh best luck with your coffee company as well it's it's uh you can never have too much choice right no i mean i think it's like the second most consumed crop in the world so there's plenty of plenty of space out there for everybody yeah cool uh cheers dan thanks very much thanks for coming on